Episode 130, Ira Wolf. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn, and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people-first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Nikki back on Gut Plus Science, and today I'm here with a passionate thought leader on workforce trends who has emerged as one of HR's most visionary thinkers, Ira Wolf. Ira constantly challenges preconceptions related to what it takes to attract, select, manage, and retain top talent. Ira is an accomplished speaker, author, and business owner. You can find one of his signature talks on the TED platform, and his first book, The Perfect Labor Storm, was such a hit and paved the way for his podcast, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. And get this, soon you will see Geek Skeezers and Googleization episodes on the People Forward Network as he and his partner co-host Jason Cochran have joined the network, and we are so excited to welcome the both of them. Today, Ira and I are talking about adaptability and how core this skill is to effective and healthy leadership in 2022. Here we go. Ira, welcome to Gut Plus Science. So excited to have you here today. And, you know, as an avid student researcher and global thought leader on the future of work, let's highlight the massive shifts happening in the world, particularly impacting these enormous changes in the workplace. So I know I'm opening a can of worms, but I'd love for you to kick off that way. And it is a can of worms, Nikki. Thanks so much for having me. I love talking about this. The expectation is probably we're going to talk about technology and climate change and shifting demographics and political unrest and social issues. But the reality is, is that's a deflection. That's oh, that's almost gaslighting. Because behind the scenes, the things that are really going to affect people in the workplace are things like the exponential curve we live on. And I have three, what I call three immutable laws of change. And the first is living on an exponential curve. For most people, that was 2020. They One day, they, they had a, a, an existence. They were going on the routine. They were going to work. The kids went to school. They knew where their office space was. And the next day, that all evaporated. To put exponential change in perspective is that if you took all the events of 2020, the wildfires, the, the election, which for many people, they don't think it's over yet, uh, but the election, we had the pandemic, we, we had social unrest, Black Lives Matter, so many things happened in that one year. Let's go ahead 20 years, go to 2040. All those events on an exponential curve will occur in three months. So imagine what occurred from January to December is going to occur between January and March. And then we start another cycle. And if we take that out another 20 years on an exponential curve, it's going to occur in the first 11 days. So that's the experience we're having. That's really disruptive. The second law is that we live in a world of complexity. We're used to predictability, certainty. We plan something. If something breaks, we know how to fix it. In complexity, there's no patterns. Uh, they don't repeat. We can anticipate, but we can't stop it from happening. We live in a just-in-time world, masks, everything that's going on, every shortage, all these supply chain shortages. We're moving toward this just-in-case. We need to plan. What happens if? And it's difficult to automate. You know, we talk about the fear of automation and technology taking over human beings. The good news about a, compl a complex world is we can't automate it. We don't know how. It's, it's, it's so far out there. Eventually, maybe centuries down the road, we'll be able to do that. 
So we have an, we're living on an exponential curve. We live in a world of complexity. And unfortunately, uh, humans are addicted to certainty. We are very, very uncomfortable with everything that I just said. And Ira, so I've heard you use this term. I think I've read a new newsletter that you're putting out and I've heard it a couple of times. I want to talk about it. You say never normal. So I've heard you say that. I'd love for you to talk about what you mean by never normal and how does it differ from this popular term, the new normal? That's a great question. You know, we we heard so many times in, you know, over the last two years, it's crazy, we're going into the third year of the pandemic, which is never normal. Uh, so anything that we expect to happen, it, it doesn't seem to be normal anymore. But when we started out, everybody talked about, we're, we're going to go we're going to go back to normal. And people said, no, it's going to be this new normal. Well, after two years, the, the new normal is no longer new and nothing seems to be normal anymore. And again, going back to living on an exponential curve, living in a world of complexity, perpetual uncertainty, normal is not, is really... A, I want to say a myth, but a ruse. Uh, it's something that we think is tangible, but the reality is, is that normal is just a passageway. It's just a connection between yesterday and tomorrow, and that bridge between yesterday and tomorrow keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Plus, we're traveling faster on it. We used to walk slowly across a long bridge. Now it's a shorter bridge, and we tend to pick up the pace. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves running almost uh, across you know, just a few steps, and we're into tomorrow. You know, I like to say that the lines between science and reality are blurring. And it, it is. You know, it truly is. When we're, when we're talking about not meeting through Zoom, but meeting in a hologram, meeting in virtual space, printing organs with, you know, using 3D printers. That's a crazy world. And that seems like it's so far off, but it's the reality is it's today. So never normal is simply what it means. It's never going to be the normal that most people expect. And we have to live like that. Going back to my, what I said about complexity, we have to live just in case. Well, and going to like bridge the two here of like never normal is a norm that we need to adopt, but most humans are addicted to normalcy, like and wanting to be able to know that predictable future, but it's just not reality. And I think the rest of our time we're going to spend here today is talking about how as leaders do we lead the change in that so that the majority are equipped, they're they're building the right skills and they're equipped with the mindset and the tools to be able to, you know, live in this new space that we're in today. And so I think we have a lot to talk about to dig in on equipping leaders. One thing I wanted to bring up is that, you know, resilience is such a popular term, resiliency, word of the year, resilience, like we see a lot on that right now. So popular, um, especially with leaders, um, you know, thought leaders in your space. And I know you don't agree on the need for resiliency to be a top priority, not that it's not important, but not a, not a top priority. Why? And what's your word of the year? Yeah, great question. And, and just to clarify, resilience is a really important skill that we all need to have, but it's not the only skill. When you make it the word of the year, then it becomes that priority and everybody focuses on let's become more resilient. But resilient doesn't allow us to become adaptable. It doesn't allow us to respond. It just says if you get knocked down, you got to get back up. And the other thing about resilience is it's not just about bouncing back. It's about bouncing back quickly enough. I, I use the analogy of, of people who have PTSD. And there's a lot of people that are having PTSD from the pandemic. The fact of the matter is, is, is that it takes time to recover. 
And in, a, in an exponentially changing world is we don't always have the luxury of time to recover. So in addition to re, when we talk about resiliency, it's not only bouncing back, but it's bouncing back quickly enough. But then it's also having the fortitude, the courage to keep moving forward. So we also need grit. So grit and resilience usually be, are tossed out there as we need these two skills. And there's a little bit of a debate. I would say resilience probably wins out over grit. But that fortitude, that endurance, that perseverance, and bouncing back. But that just keeps you running in place. You know, I, I know you're, you exercise, you're, you're active. Grit and resilience is normal. I mean, that's just part of our DNA. We do that all the time. But to move forward, and especially in, in dealing with uncertainty, we need three additional skills. And, and that's what makes up adaptability. So my word of the year is adaptability. And what makes those words up are those other skills. Uh, we need to have a growth mindset. And very simply, for people who aren't familiar with it, you can look, you can, you can look up Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, or Mindset. She's done a lot of research over the last 20, 25 years on this subject. Uh, it's about learning. We, we talk about we need to learn. We need to feel more comfortable experimenting, trying new things, uh, making mistakes, learning from those mistakes. That's growth mindset. A lot of people don't have that. They're fearful. It's like, hey, I have 20 years of experience. I, I know what needs to do. I'm only five years away from retirement. I just graduated. No, those are just stepping stones. Those are just, those are just one step on our journey. And then not only the growth mindset to learn, but we need to unlearn. We need to understand what behaviors have we done? What were we taught? What have we done for the last 30 years, that's, or 20 years, 10 years, that's no longer going to work for us? We experimented a lot during the pandemic with that. We, we thought we figured it out the first three months and then realized all that just went away. All, everybody that said, we, we've planned to bring everybody back to work. We understand what to do. And all of a sudden, nobody understood what to do uh, from schools to businesses. So we're still in this constant state of flux. So we need grit and resilience because we're going to have to keep going. We're going to need to bounce back. We need to keep learning. We need to experiment. We need to unlearn our bad behaviors. And mostly, and the most difficult one for most people, is called mental flexibility. There's a lot of co cognitive dissonance out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there. How do we make sense of all the news, all the, the contradictions, all the complexity? How do we make sense of that? And that's a tough skill for a lot of, obviously, with all the misinformation that's going on out there and all the division. How do we help people manage that? How do, you know, I, I think the, my, my common answer to mental flexibility is how do we help people make sense of all the information and all the contradictions that are there. So I'm curious, you know, for leaders that are listening right now and we're, you know, understanding just to kind of repeat, repeat back to you, you know, we, we definitely need that grit and resiliency in our people, leading our people with that to keep everybody standing, right? Bouncing back up, keep them standing. But the adaptability is what gets the progress in motion, the forward motion. And so I'm curious if a leader's listening now, how would you advise them to like assess their own I guess, adaptability muscle, theirs or their organizations, really to just give an assessment of like, where do we stand right now with how well we're doing this? I like how you phrase that. I like the, the adaptability muscle because part of it is the people and, and leaders tend to, you know, the conversation right now is workers don't have the skills, they're not motivated, they're lazy. And the reality is, is we, we, we just identified the five skills and we call them skills. We call grit and resilience and mental flexibility, growth mindset and unlearning skills, their abilities 
that we can teach people how to become better at that. And there's pathways to do that. But we also need from a leadership, leadership muscle when we're talking about how do we make sure that happens is you also have to have a culture, a company culture, a company environment that encourages that, embraces that, allows that to happen. So you can have somebody, you know, many people may resonate uh, that are listening on the phone. They had great ideas, but they got shut down. Or they, they made a mistake and they got penalized for that. And it might even risk their job. They might even lost their job. So it, it, an environment needs to be established. Uh, and what we call an adaptable environment is one that the, the people feel that they have, the company has their back. There's company support. We also measure team support, that the people that they work with on an everyday basis, they feel comfortable enough uh, that if something happens, you know, even out of their control, it's not something that's necessarily a, a project or a task they did and they did it wrong, but maybe they something happened with their family. Does the team have their back? So does the company have their back? Does the team have their back? What's their emotional health like? You know, the numbers on mental illness and burnout and stress are astonishing. They're, they're crippling us. And it's not over. I mean, you, you hear about not only with healthcare workers, but with, with everybody else, people in distribution, truck drivers, transportation, anybody in the supply chains. Um, people are really stressed out. So where are they? What's, where's their head at today? What's the state? And we call that emotional health. We look at, does the company have policies in place to allow that to happen? Uh, are they uniform? Do people know what they are? So there's a work environment. And then there's actually the jobs. There are some jobs that are just stressful. You know, working in an ER in an ICU is a, is a whole lot more stressful than working in an accounting office during tax season. It's stressful. There's no question about it. But there's a lot more on the line when we're doing that. And then there's other jobs, you know, as, as a as you know being a cashier in a retail store the, people may say oh my job's so stressful it might be but comparative it's less but there are internal stresses for jobs and a company leaders have to start recognizing that they need a culture that people feel that you've got their back the people that work for them have got their back and there's a psychologically safe space that people can share how they're feeling and also introduce new ideas without fear of being ridiculed or if they make a mistake, fear of being fired. So speaking to the largest numbers of burnout we've ever seen, what advice do you give leaders that you coach or in you know content that you're developing? What advice are you giving on how they prioritize their own care? Well, it always goes back to a baseline. I mean, we, all, we you always need to start with the baseline. The CEOs, C-suite leaders, I mean, we need data. We just can't do this randomly. And, and people say, you go to HR or, or training department and, and they say, listen, we need to, we want to have a resilient organization. We need to have an agile organization. The first thing they do is they go out and they find a, a trainer or a consultant or a course and people go through it. But that may not be what's holding them back. Maybe it's not resilience. Maybe it's crit. Maybe it's mental flexibility. Maybe it's your culture. So what we recommend is, is an adaptability quotient. And the adaptability quotient is, is really, it's intelligence. It's like EQ and it's like IQ. IQ is do you have the smarts. EQ is do you have the ability to relate to others, to, to express empathy. 
Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're adaptive. It doesn't mean you, you may be receptive to adapt, adaptivity, but it doesn't mean you have the skills. So the first thing we do is talk about uh, an, an adaptability quotient. And the adaptability quotient measures three things. It measures the abilities that we talked about. So it measures the grit and the resilience and the mindset, mental flexibility and unlearning. But it also measures the company culture. There's actually measurements in there that say, how do the people that you're currently employing feel about your company's support, your, your, your team's support, the work environment? What's their emotional state? And how stressful do they think their jobs are? So it gives a baseline. And then the third component, it's a little bit of personality. This is the only part that's, that we're not looking to change but we're looking to find out where people's heads are. What's their preference? So one measures extroversion. Obviously, extroverts and introverts handle change differently. Uh, we look at what, how do, are they, do they tend to be more reactive people, excitable people, or more complacent and less urgent? Again, doesn't mean they're good or bad. It just means how they handle it. But we also look at something called uh, motivating style. Are they motivated to win? are motivated to protect. And that's really important because if someone is motivated to win, they're going to just hang, dangle a carrot in front of them. They're already competitors. They're already, that's their mindset. But if they're motivated to protect what they have, they're trying to, you know, you want them to hit a home run and they're afraid to leave first base. So it, it and again, I can go into the, all the other ones, but the, the reality is, is personality does play a role but we're not trying to change that. We're just trying to give people a, the insight of what's the best way to approach them and not blame people and go, well, it worked for that, these six people, so it should work for those four. No, everybody's going to approach it differently. But the, the things that, that leaders, that businesses, that people can control is the abilities, the five abilities, and then the five aspects of the environment. So good. And this adaptability quotient really piques my interest. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, as well as many of the other tools that you've mentioned, I just want to make sure we'd love to probably know how to get access to those. Is that something we can email you or is there a resource that we're going to be able to drop in show notes to be able to give that to our listeners? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there, there's actually, I have mo many pages uh, about information uh, about what it is, how do you get it, what it looks like. Uh, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I'm constantly writing about it. I got a lot of videos. We talk about it on the show. That's what we're going to be talking about uh, on our podcast. So we'll be linking out to that in the show notes because I'm like, I already have three pages of notes. So I can't imagine what listeners who you know ha don't even know you yet have probably have written down and are trying to figure out how do I follow up on this stuff. But not to take us too much off track, Ira, I, you know, I was listening to one of your recent interviews and you had said something like, be like water. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'd love to capture that on the show. What's the story behind that? I'm going to give credit to another a colleague of mine, David Houle, who introduced me to that. And, and, and he talks a lot about this mental flexibility and cognitive dissonance. But it comes from actually uh, Bruce Lee, martial artist. As a kid, I watched a lot of the movies. I'm not a huge fan of martial arts. But he introduced this, and Bruce Lee had talked about what we need to be is like water. And this was well before we were talking about adaptability. But think about this. If you, water has three states and it re responds to the environment. So it could be solid, liquid, or gas. We need to, based on the environment, we need to be able to change who we are to fit that. But think about taking a, a, a pitcher of water and pouring it into a wine glass. So some of you may envision what that would be like. 
And then you take the wine glass and put it into a martini glass, and then you put it into a drinking glass, and then you put it into a juice glass, and then you pour it into a bottle. The water constantly takes the shape of the environment. It responds. And it may be, based on the temperature, it may change its state. We need to be like water. We need to be more fluid. We need to be able to look at the environment and change it. And then going back to what we talked about earlier about never normal, the normal was, oh, I want to be a drinking glass. I want to be a martini glass. I want to be a wine glass. I want to be a shot glass. The fact of the matter is, is that we're not, we don't have control over what the container is going to be. The container is our surroundings. It's our climate. It's the people. It's change. We need to be able to pour into that environment, into that container and take its shape. We need to be like water. Yeah, water, a great illustration of adaptability. And, you know, I just wanted to make the point that if people were thinking, you know, what is adaptability going to do to move, you know, X, Y, or Z forward, it's so much more than job performance. This is really encompassing the whole human. I thought maybe you'd want to elaborate on that. It goes so far beyond when we're talking about adaptability, and and this is a this almost seems like a, re, a redirect. But when we talk about being adaptable, it you know we can talk about being like water and responding to the environment and growing and innovating and thriving and all that stuff. But the basic of it is 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 three principles. Is one is when you're adaptable to become adaptable, we need to help people become to to get the courage to change to step out of the box, to take that first step, to try something new, to fail, whatever it might be. We need to to help people have the courage to be able to do that. So some of it's personal, some of it's the environment. The more people take those steps, you take a first step, oh, I think I can do that. Let me try it again. We become more confident. And when you have courage and confidence, you have hope. It's no longer go that the, the robots are coming to take our lives away. Is climate change is going to be so, climate change will be bad, but is, is that there's nothing we can do about it. That how do I deal with all this mis, misinformation and this pandemic and all these changes and all this disruption? We start looking instead of it as a problem, as a dilemma, we start looking at it instead of a, a despair and dystopia as opportunity. So when I'm talking about the the end point of adaptability is helping people become more courageous, more confident, and more hopeful. And I love that you just hit on courage because I think that that is the first muscle that all of us need to build and have throughout our entire journey of applying all the different things that you shared. You know, in order for the adaptability quotient and what comes out of that to stick, we have to have the courage muscle built and be building that in other people. I don't know if maybe you want to speak for just a minute on what that looks like in like getting started, like how to do that, how to step out and really start to build that courage muscle. For sure. When we talk about, and I'm so happy that you brought that up because the first thing that you said, listening to you, kind of feedback my words, is talking about courage, is how does that fit into this framework? So if we go back to the abilities, people who have grit and, and perseverance will have that courage. They're, they're already sort of hardwired to do that. If they have resilience, then you're going to get knocked down. But what if somebody doesn't have that? What if you you understood that somebody doesn't, you're trying to build their confidence up but they don't know, it seems like a life skill, which it is, but they don't have that endurance. They've been penalized in the past. They're impatient. They give up too quickly. So if you knew that they were, that they had grit 
and they had resilience, I would help encouraging somebody to have more courage is finding out what's holding them back. It's not that they don't have the ability to move forward, but there's something holding them back. Maybe it's, as I talked before about that motivating style, maybe it's that play to protect. I don't want to lose what I have in order to gain something new. So they're afraid to leave home. If they have a play to win attitude and they have grit and resilience, then I'm not even sure we'd have this conversation. I think those are the people that run with it anyway. But if you knew that ahead of time, if you knew where they stood on grit and resilience, uh, is it a fear of unlearning? It's a fear to protect. Do they get mired in the details? I didn't talk about that one. But thinking style, do they have a big picture thinking or a detail thinking? If they get mired in the details, okay, let's plan this and it becomes a five-year plan on how I'm going to change. It's tough. So how do people make this change? I mean, it's easy. The assessment, going back to this quality, uh, this adaptability quotient, it's 20 to 25 minutes of time, and it provides an organization, it provides an individual where they stand, but it provides a leader, literally a blueprint of where is their team. They have these ambitious, strategic, aggressive goals, especially in entrepreneurial companies. It may be a 10x plan. I just dealt with a client. They want to go from $5 million to $50 million in the next five years. He does not have the team. He does not have uh, their company support is low. There's things that they need to work on first, and they can work on it immediately because we identified where the, where the pitfalls are. They're all good people, all good intentions. He, he hired the right people. He needs a better environment, and he needs to, to nurture. He, he needs to provide some support and mentoring and coaching to this group. And that's, you know, that's the next step. And it's very easy. It's literally took 25 minutes of each person's time to get this and have a very rich, robust blueprint to go forward. Ira, I am so excited to collaborate with you on the People Forward Network all year long as Geek Skeezers and Googleization is relaunching a new version and coming onto the network in just a few short weeks. We're so excited for that. You have so many resources that the need for constant uh, content like on a podcast is just like the so needed for our listeners because there's just so much. I think we mentioned at least five different resources that we'll pick out which ones we'll put in the show notes, obviously linking out to geek skeezers and Googleization. And we're about to go into our lightning round where we get to know just a couple of things about you and we'll make sure that our listeners know how to reach out directly. We're going to take a quick break here, our network sponsor message today, and then we're going to come back to learn a little bit more about the personal side of Ira Wolf. We'll be right back. Gut Plus Science has just joined the People Forward Network. Gut Plus Science has been on a journey for three and a half years, and we got inspired to create a global podcast network that captures the most incredible efforts of people-first leaders and humans working on a meaningful mission. We believe that the workplace is the largest mission field for change, and the People Forward Network is the largest community of humans on a shared journey to live life full of meaning. We'd love for you to join the People Forward Network. There are all kinds of new shows and existing shows coming together under one umbrella to bring you the best content as a community on a mission. Can't wait for you to join us. See the link to peopleforwardnetwork.com in the show notes. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science with Ira Wolf. Such a wonderful full conversation today with just so many resources. And um, now we're going to learn just a couple of things about Ira, the personal side of Ira, and maybe some resources for ourselves. The first one is, um, Ira, I love to know, favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read? 
I always struggle with this question, so I'm going to give people a few of them. One is, I, I love an, an old book. It's a short read. Uh, it's called Paradigm by Joel Barker. Uh, that's how I got into all, all this stuff about change. Uh, the current book that I really like about change is called The Adaptation Advantage, and it's a great book. Um, it's it's exciting. It's inspired me about a lot of things. Um, the the one book that I that really kind of transformed how I thought about things is called Humanity. I will tell you, it's like War and Peace. <laughs> it's it's really thick. Uh, it's small print. Uh, it's by Jonathan Jonathan Glover. Uh, in my leadership, when I did my leadership masters in leadership, it really changed the way I thought about people. How about a favorite place to retreat or vacation? What's a vacation? <laughs> uh, we love, uh, I love the beach. You know, hopefully we're going to be heading down to Key West is one of our favorite places. Certainly any, any of the islands and, and nice weather is, is, is my spot. And how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Recently, it's been spending time with my grandkids. It, it's fun. Um, I'm a tinker. You know, I've been spending time in, in uh, virtual reality a lot, uh, but it's it's actually watching my uh, young grandkids, uh, two years old and three months old at this point. And Ira, how can our listeners connect with you after the show? Well, one is you can Google me. Uh, just just put my name in, uh, Ira, a middle initial S, Wolf. I'll show up in lots of places. Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time on there. Uh, my company website is Success Performance Solutions, and certainly the Geek Skeezers Googleization.com, the podcast. It was so lovely to have Ira on Gut Plus Science today, and I'm so excited for Gut Plus Science and Geek Skeezers and Googleization to work alongside each other on the People Forward Network. Stay tuned as you'll see Geek Skeezers and Googleization coming to People Forward and ready for you to subscribe and share in the adventure starting in February of 2022. So excited, right around the corner. So I had a couple of key takeaways today for our Truth You Can Act On from Ira. Gosh, there were so many. I was just summarizing my five pages of notes. But if I just look at how these apply to my Truth You Can Act On, here's what I'm I'm taking away from myself and offering for you all. So the first thing is, you know, change management and adaptability learning and application should be practiced or pursued weekly. This is so important. And as Ira shared, it's his word of the year, his top priority, and what he is inspiring leaders to really embrace is learning this and building the courage to embrace it regularly. And um, I am just putting my key takeaway is what am I doing every week to apply and, and go deeper in this? The second key takeaway that I have for Truth You Can Act On is growth mindset and mental flexibility is so important. So where might you be stuck and what are you challenging yourself right now to learn differently, to look at a thought leader's different perspective or read something and advance yourself and not be stuck and really open to exploring new possibilities as this is a ever-changing world <laughs> and we have to. So just uh, making that a habit. And then finally, as a leader, how are we showing actions and behaviors that illustrate that we have their back? So employees want to know that, especially through the uncertain times, we have their back. And what is it that we're doing just reflecting? It's a great you know, journaling reflection exercise to add into starting the week and reflecting on the past one or closing out the week. What did I do this week to behave or act in a way that helped my people to know that we have their back? Really great stuff. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time on Gut Plus Science. 
just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.